your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes, myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And don't forget to rate the show five stars on whatever streaming platform you are listening on. And in today's episode, we will be recapping Saturday's matchup against the Vancouver Canucks, as well as going over a bit of news that came out from the Carolina Hurricanes this morning. So diving on into this the game, the Carolina Hurricanes, this was a much, much needed win for them because they were coming off that 6 to nothing loss against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and considering they hadn't been able to play much at all uh, over the past couple weeks, their game before that was also an overtime loss to the Florida Panthers because the game against Philly had gotten postponed. So this was a much-needed win, and the Hurricanes, they obviously, final score, 4-1, to one, they won the game, of course. Uh... But like I said, this was a much-needed win for them. They really needed to bounce back, especially after that game against Columbus as well. And that thankfully, they did. Uh, while it, it definitely wasn't a perfect game, and we'll we'll talk about the negatives in this as well, the Carolina Hurricanes offense was really able to really dominate Vancouver in this game and really just kind of control the momentum for the large majority of the game. Really the only time Vancouver was really able to have any momentum at all was whenever they were able to score kind of late into the first period when Bo Horvat was able to notch a goal for the Canucks. That was really the only time Vancouver had any momentum of note in this game otherwise Carolina they they controlled the momentum of the game for pretty much its entirety and that that's something that the Hurricanes needed to do that's something that they are tend to be really good at of controlling the momentum of the game and something they hadn't been able to do in their past couple games the Columbus one especially so for them to really just go out and play Carolina Hurricanes hockey. I think that was really good for them. I think this is really going to tr- help boost confidence again uh, heading into Boston tomorrow and then games beyond that as well. I think that's very very uh important for the team because you know, when you get down in a rut like that, it can be hard to get themselves out of. You know, we saw that earlier in the season when they were having a really rough go of it, you know, at the end of November, beginning of December. And yeah, I think it's going to be one that, while it may not seem like much because, yes, you know, we should beat Vancouver. Yes, Vancouver had been hot given we just handed them their third loss in a row. But as a whole, Vancouver had been pretty hot since their new head coach took over 
but yeah, at the end of the day, we're still supposed to be able to beat a team like Vancouver. And yeah, we did what we were supposed to do. But yeah, doing what you're supposed to do can also help build up your confidence. And one thing I did like in this game was uh, getting to see Sebastian Ajo get on the score sheet in this game. You know, he's one we obviously expect to be on the score sheet most nights. You know, he's an all-star again for a reason. But, you know, he was out on COVID protocol the last time we played Vancouver up in Vancouver where we lost 2-1. to one. So, it, I think it was really nice to see him get on the score sheet tonight. Or Saturday night, I should say. Uh, and one other thing that I do really think it, it's just one of those things. It may not seem like much, but Jordan Martinuk being able to get back in the lineup for the first time since December 4th, when he ended up having to leave the game against Ottawa with a lower body injury, I believe it was an ankle, if I remember correctly. It, it's one that may not seem like much, but the intangibles that he brings and the leadership that he brings uh, I think that's something that was very much needed for the Hurricanes. Not the fact that the leaders they do have on the team aren't good. It's just the way Marty can motivate the team. And not, again, not saying that the other guys can't, but he just takes it to a different level, you know? It, we all have heard the stories, seen the pictures, the videos, everything you know that he does for this team. And I think having him back is really going to help. And especially with Jacob Slavin being out right now. Because, well, yes, the offense was able to really control the game. The defense still did suffer. And we'll talk more about the positive with the offense and the negative with the defense right after this quick break. It's a new year and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars that can be chalky, waxy, or frankly just taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bar has so many amazing flavors to choose from, from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. And right now, you can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order when you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, in sticking with the positives from this game, as I mentioned, the offense was really able to dominate and control this game. This was also Murdy Natchez's 23rd birthday. He got the first start of the game where he recorded a goal and an assist and also his 100th career point as well. So that was great for him as well. Andre Svechkov also recorded two assists in this game. 
Vincent Trocek found himself on the score sheet as well. Frederick Anderson ended up making 30 saves in this game, which is outstanding for him. Again, he's an all-star for a reason for the Hurricanes. He is having a monster season. But, you know, we've been talking about, you know, how potent the offense was in this game, how good Freddie was. But the thing is, the defense is still really hurting not having Jacob Slavin in the lineup. I will say it was a lot better in this game than it was in the previous game against Columbus. That is for darn sure. But still, just the little tiny things, little openings that were left and and stuff like that, that Jacob Slavin would normally have covered. And one thing that uh, you, know, you look here is Vancouver had 18 blocks in this game compared to the Hurricane 7. Now, obviously, every game's different, and but it, usually the Hurricanes have that number be a bit closer than that, not over doubled. The and yeah, that is crazy to think about. And then also, another negative from this game was. How many penalties the Hurricanes took? They took five penalties in this game. And yes, you know, the penalty kill was able to stand strong and not allow anything for Vancouver. Okay, yeah, that that's great. You know, we're continuing to look to break that franchise record of penalties killed in a row. Okay, great. But the thing is, allow it's just one of those things like, come on, guys. You had a Brett Pesci holding penalty. You had a Joey Keane holding penalty. Too many men on the ice. Ian Cole tripping. Andre Sveshkov roughing. And then another Ian Cole cross-checking penalty. And yes, some of those, I will say, you know, were definitely valid. The Ian Cole tripping, obviously the, rough, the roughings, and the uh, cross-checking one as well. It, it's just one of those things, like, yeah, they are valid, or at least most of them were, but it's just one of those things like, come on guys, we had really made some progress from where we were at in the beginning of the season, where we're just taking way, way too many penalties. We had really gotten that down to really, for the most part, maybe only taking about two or three a game. And you look at Vancouver, who only took two penalties yes the hurricanes were able to capitalize on one of those but you know it's just one of those things that i really think the hurricanes need to get back to whatever it is they were doing as far as not taking as many penalties because your luck is going to run out eventually you're not going i don't think you're going to hit triple digits in penalties killed and it's stuff like that. That's not going to happen. Or penalties killed in a row, I should say. And you're going to come up against a team where, you know, yes, they have played some really good teams since they last allowed a power play goal. You know, they've played Edmonton. They've played uh, Florida. And so, you know, they, it's not that they haven't, you know, just played, you know, complete trash opponents. They played Calgary a couple times as well. 
it's just the fact that uh, eventually you're going to have to play, you know, I mean, we're playing Boston here soon. We're going to have to play Tampa again. You're going to have to play Colorado. You're going to have to play Washington, Pittsburgh. You're going to have to play these top-level opponents. And, you know, you you really need to get your ducks in a row when it comes to taking these penalties because you like I said they had gotten really good about not taking stupid and excessive penalties hopefully they can get that stuff back on track but that is definitely going to be something that they need to do sooner rather than later for sure and one other thing that was really odd in this game it's not something that happens often so yeah I'm not you know making a big deal out of it but was the face-off percentages. The Hurricanes got rocked in the face-off circle in this game against Vancouver. Usually the Hurricanes are the ones doing the rocking, but you know, Vancouver won 61.8% of the face-offs in this game, whereas the Hurricanes only won 38.2%. That doesn't happen often. Usually it's the other way around, and whenever the Hurricanes don't win the face-off percentages, it's usually not by very much. And that that this was really weird. Again, I think it's just one of those things. I'm not looking for looking into it. I think it's just one of those weird things that just happened to happen in a game. But that was a really crazy statistic to see from this game because Again, the Hurricanes are widely regarded as one of, if not the best face-off team in the NHL. So for them to lose the face-off battle by that much in a game is absolutely crazy. But you know, now we got to look ahead to tomorrow against Boston. And I think that's going to be a game where it's going to be really interesting heading into that game. And we'll talk more about that right after this quick break. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKED ON to get started with that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, we'll talk more about the Boston game in tomorrow's episode, but uh, we do have one thing that is really going to be affecting the Hurricanes in that game and that is Marty Natchez getting put on the COVID protocol list this morning and yeah that was one yeah he has really been having a really good season this year and now we're going up up, up against a team like Boston who is for lack of a better term really the Hurricanes kryptonite. It took me a minute to really just think about how to word that. But 
you look at the past few seasons, the the Bruins have really been the team that late in the season, playoffs especially, have been the one to get the best of the Hurricanes. You look at the conference final, you look at the bubble, and it's definitely one that's crazy to think about. But I do think that the Hurricanes are now in a spot where they can really overtake the Bruins as far as dominance in the Eastern Conference. Now, that's obviously not saying that the Bruins are a bad team. They definitely are not a bad team. And you especially look at the last time that the Hurricanes and Bruins played each other back on October 28th in Raleigh, where the Hurricanes shut out the Bruins 3 to nothing, And you imagine... You know, now that the Hurricanes have, or the Bruins, I should say, have kind of gotten their feet back under them, I guess you would say. It's definitely one where I think they will definitely be looking to make a statement because they are just kind of on the outside. Like, if the playoffs were to start today, they are the second wild card. And yes, there is a little bit of a gap between them and Detroit, but. You know, they're a team that is usually, in years past, you know, one of the top, arguably two teams in the Atlantic Division and top five teams in the Eastern Conference. That's not the case now, and it's crazy to think about. But you know, it, it's definitely why I think they're going to be looking to make a statement, very much like Columbus did, and. With Marty Natchez being out, that will definitely hurt the Hurricanes. They definitely, obviously, have guys that can step it up. But him being out, and I, I'm not sure if we'll see Jacob Slavin. As of this recording, he has not been reactivated and taking off of Code of Protocol. I said that, you know, this would be the game that I felt... We could see him the earliest, but I think the more realistic option will definitely be Friday against the Rangers or Saturday against the Devils. I definitely think those are the most realistic options of when we'll see Jacob Slavin back in the lineup. But having him out and now Marty Natchez, that's definitely going to be a advantage for the Boston Bruins that is for darn sure but we'll of course talk more about that game in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Hurricanes in the meantime make sure you go follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and follow my own personal Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96 and now that you've made Locked on Hurricanes your first listen of the day Go make Locked on Bets your second listen, your daily one-stop shop for all of your sports gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's available on whatever streaming platform you are listening to this show on. And also, don't forget to go rate this show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on. And again, in tomorrow's episode, we will be previewing tomorrow's game against the Boston Bruins. 
taking notes of any news that happens to come out regarding the Carolina Hurricanes, guys coming off of COVID protocol, coming off of injury, hopefully and no one else going on to COVID protocol, that's for sure. But whatever it is, we'll talk about it in tomorrow's episode. You guys have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you in the next episode.